Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We've been telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all across the world since 2015, and we have over a thousand years of living with T1D on the podcast. The interviews range from incredible feats to everyday victories, and we celebrate them all just the same. Thanks for listening, and if you want to get involved even further, just send me an email at rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We are telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics from all across the world. And my very special guest from uh, the other side of the globe, staying up especially late tonight to talk to me, uh, is Michael Miltrup, uh, calling from Dusseldorf, Germany. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, and I apologize if I butchered the, your last name there. I did my best. <laughs> I will I will pronounce it one more time for for all. It's Mültrop. Okay. But then, uh, then we're clear. <laughs> Great. You, uh, I did not do you justice, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, well, Michael, thanks for thanks for taking the time. Uh, we got introduced on Instagram, and uh, right off the bat, I mean, you're a pretty incredible guy, and I, I'd love to learn more about you. And we're going to talk a lot about you and your handball career. Uh, but why don't you give us a little bit of introduction as to who you are and where you're from and how you came to be part of this type 1 diabetes family. So, uh, first of all, my name is uh, Miguel, typical Danish name like uh, Michael uh, in America. And um, I'm now 25 years old and um, currently based in Dusseldorf in Germany where I play uh, second Bundesliga um, handball. Uh, I now live for seven years in Germany and Luxembourg, um, now three years in, in Dusseldorf, before two years in Luxembourg, and before that, two years in Flensburg, also in, in Germany. Um, and before that, uh, I still lived in, in Denmark, um, and now it's seven years ago where I got my uh, uh, or when where I heard, I think about this time also in 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 May it was uh, 2012, uh, where I got uh, my what do you call it in English? Um, yeah, your diagnosis. My diagnosis uh, that I'm diabetic, uh, and I think the story is like I read so many stories about uh, people got diabetic, and I think it's almost all the time the same. I was a young guy. I was uh, at that time 16 and uh, for two weeks uh, I felt sick and uh, lost a lot of weight, uh, had to drink a lot of water, had to go on the toilet 10 times uh, in the night. And one day I said to myself, uh, or I said to my parents at that time, uh, I think I have to, I, I go to, to the doctor and, and maybe I will get some antibioticum and uh, everything will be all right again. Uh, and I went there and, and told the doctor my symptoms. And uh, the first thing she said, I'm 99% sure you got diabetic. And my whole world turned around, you know, it's a... Uh, I, before I didn't know anything about it, I 
I only had at that time I had one friend where I knew he also was diabetic, but I never asked. I never asked what because for me he was he was a normal guy like everybody else. So I had absolutely nothing. I didn't know anything about that, being a diabetic. Yeah, and uh, that's where it started. So for you, you know, like you, like most of us, uh, when we get diagnosed and we're told we have diabetes, we don't know that much about it. Um, mm. In Germany, I know I've talked to some some other people who were diagnosed in Germany or, or overseas. And um, f- for you, what was your education like? Did they did you spend some time in the hospital? Did you go to a special hospital for for diabetes education? How did they prepare you for life with diabetes? Yeah, at the, at that time I was still in my own country. I was in Denmark or and oh. lived in Denmark. Um, and I think it took approximately one hour. Then I was already in the hospital um, to uh, to get schooled in being a diabetic, uh, learn everything, uh, and um, because. You, we went for so long time on um, too high uh, blood sugar level, and um, they had to get it down again. So I stayed for three days in the hospital, uh, and I got from the first second I got schooled in uh, how to uh, how to give myself insulin, how to uh, live with it, uh, and yeah. Uh, so from the first day on, I was. Um, introduced and had too many uh, I learned too many things in too little time so it was also <laughs> difficult because you are told so many things uh, and now I don't want to talk the um, the doctors or the um, the nurses and say uh, they don't do a great job because they do uh, because but with 16 years it was too much information in too little time and uh, I had the feeling that my whole world was crush, uh, crashing down in, in, in one hour. Like, uh, they also said, now you can't do this, now you can't do that. Uh, and it was difficult. But um, the most important thing was that I had this friend um, who I write, uh, I wrote him directly after, and he came to me at the hospital and he told how it really was to be a diabetic. Uh, you know, the, the nurses, the doctors tell how you should be as a diabetic, but he could tell me how, how is it to live as a diabetic. And I think that was the greatest thing and the greatest start as a diabetic because you heard how, how, how it is and, and you didn't have to hear too much from doctors who say how it will be. Uh, that was important. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that right there is something that a lot of us deal with, right? Is that your, your doctor tells you one thing, um, and maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe that's correct from their perspective, or maybe from a medical perspective, they say, Hey, well, you shouldn't do this, or you need to think about something this way. But when you talk to someone who is living with type one and is a friend or is a, uh, you know, a friend of a friend, they yeah. they can kind of tell you the real story of what it's like. Do you remember do you remember something specifically that was different that your friend told you that they kind of gave you hope and made you made you at least a little bit more relieved uh, that you were going to be okay? Mm, yeah, uh, I remember it because I also I was like sixteen. You know, my 
I would say so my youth was just starting you know uh, I had to uh, in that time I had to um, see many things before I got grown up uh, and he he like he like told me it's not um, he the, some of the first thing he also told me is like of course you 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 will you will eat an ice cream and of course you will uh, you will could eat all you want to eat uh, you just have to um, take care of what you eat and you have to uh, live in another way um, and I had that feeling that the doctors told me like you will never uh, to take it to the extreme you will never drink a beer or you will never or uh, could drink a normal uh, Coca-Cola again. Um, and he said, like, you will have to learn to live with it. And that was the most important thing for me um, that he that he showed me like this. Yeah, because it, it's so extreme, right? Um, and there's a lot of don't do this and you'll never do this. And I think a lot of people take that personally and maybe take it as a challenge. But, you know, in some ways, it's just that the doctors are doing their job and they're giving you, you know, rigid guidelines to try to make sure that you get off on the right foot. But when you're 16 years old and you say, you know, you're never going to drink a beer, yeah. then, you know, as you start to get older and you realize that, oh, well, if, if I have a beer, nothing really happens, <laughs> um, you know, oh. or, you know, maybe I you know, need to give myself a little bit of insulin or I want to do this. And I think as your priorities change so do the decisions that you make. So for you as well, I imagine, you know, you being a professional handballer now, I imagine handball and other sports were a big part of your life. Were you ever worried about continuing to play with diabetes? Of course, that was also one of the first thing where I thought, because I was like 16 and I played, um, still, I was still a youth player. Um, and I thought now I can't play anymore. Now, now it's the now, now it's the end. And I, I, I think I had I, I, I quickly made a picture of a diabetic. It's like that's an old uh, it's an old person who didn't eat well, who um, uh, didn't live well. And you, uh, I had a picture in my head where I thought, okay, now now it's the end of uh, this is my last day on earth on that day. Uh, but quickly I learned uh, how to um, to know my body and and also to to use the the diabetic in a positive way uh, like uh, for me I also always I always say people um, diabetic is not a, a sickness for me it's a, it's a healthy sickness because you learn to to live um, healthy. Uh, it was one of the first thing you learned to uh, something you never before looked at, but how you eat, uh, how much you eat. Uh, f the first time I turned um, the package of um, how uh, how many uh, carbohydrates in uh, there was in one uh, Coca Cola. Uh, I, I before that I never would have looked at this. So for me. I always say um, it's good to be diabetic because I also tell a lot of people maybe you should maybe it would be better for you if you also were diabetic because you learn so much about yourself um, with diabetes. You know? Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, 
counting carbs and and understanding what foods do to your body and understanding how exercise affects you all those things are positives uh you know so you can make the best of a bad situation yeah yeah definitely so i want to focus a little bit on the conversation of handball if that's okay with you um yeah of course so in the u.s and we talked about this a little bit before we went on the air handball is not as popular as it is overseas. And I remember when I was trying to play basketball overseas and was in that kind of world, the, the handball world is really the second biggest sport in Europe behind uh, football or soccer. And, uh, and then basketball is really like number three. So talk a little bit about uh, handball. I know you mentioned now you're playing in the Bundesliga in Germany, which you know any yeah. soccer, soccer, football fans and, and basketball fans will know as well. Um, so t- tell me, tell us about handball. What what's the best way to explain handball to an American who's never heard it before? Yeah, um, handball is. Um... It's, it's, it's like a mixture of uh, a lot of different sports. Um, you play uh, seven against seven and uh, you play with the ball in the hand and uh, you have to get the ball in the goal. Uh, so easy as it is. Um, and um, the this, this sport is a lot more, what can you say? Uh, it's like a it's a, it's a contact sport, and if I always compare it to all the other biggest sports like uh, football, like uh, basketball, like uh, you can also compare it to volleyball. It's the only sport where you have physical contact, um, and you play like um, an attack and a defense, um, but you run all the time, so you will always be. When you run in the attack, you have to run back in the defense. So the the the, the field is like in basketball. Um, so you are not uh, split in an attack and defense. Uh, and it's a uh, a lot of things happens in handball. I don't know how to say it in English, but you uh, it's not like a football game where where sometimes you will look and uh, it ends up one uh, one or uh, one zero. Uh, it's like uh, there was goal all the time. So for the for the fans, it's uh, it, it gives so much more. Uh, you get more ex- excited uh, when you look at look at the game because you you always there is always a defense action, then it's uh, attack action, and um, all the time things are happening in handball. Yeah. Yeah, and I. You know, I think I watched it for the first time, really, in the 2012 Olympic Games um, and spent a, a great deal of time. And that's because when I when I lived in, for a period of my life, I was an intern at the United States Olympic Committee in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I was living on campus at the United States Olympic Training Center. And for a time, the U.S. national handball team had a had a mini camp for some of their athletes who were recovering from injuries so they were working their way back in and at that time i was in really good shape i was young and uh was playing basketball uh at at a pretty high level just just had gotten done with college and was trying on trying to catch on in the pros and so they invited me to the camp and i had never played handball before and i just remember how physical it is 
and it's it's a yeah. it's a true contact sport. You know, you you had, we talked about this earlier, but basketball is almost you know non-contact by comparison. Yeah. It's almost a uh, it's almost lacrosse, basketball, volleyball, and baseball combined into one. Yeah, yeah. So what's the you know with your with your diabetes? Do you ever run into any problems or challenges, or what are some of the things that you've had to think through as a type one playing professional handball? Um, you have first of all, you have to live with that. You sometimes have to put your blood sugar a little bit higher. Uh, a lot of people who don't do so much um, uh, so much sport. Um, they have, then you have to live with that um, that before the training or before the um, the exercises you have to to eat a little bit more or you don't have to take so much insulin because um, you will burn like if you're doing every other sport you you go running or something else you burn a lot of um, uh, energy uh, and sugar when you're you're doing your sport. So I always put me uh, a little bit higher um, for the for the for the games. Um, but I think it's also um, psychological. Uh, sometimes I say if my blood sugar isn't on this level uh, bef- before a game, I will not play good. Uh, so for me, it's very important that I have it uh, in 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 precisely this level where I want to be. Um, but that's the only thing. Um, like every other diabetic, I have to have uh, um, sugar in my bag, and I have to have orange juice uh, with me in the bag. Uh, but that's all. And then um, the most important for me is to to be honest and to be uh, open about my diabetic, uh, because if you start to to say. Uh, no, I'm fine, and uh, don't look at me. Uh, the people don't react, and uh, for me, it's important that everybody knows. You know, I, I don't go when we have one professional game. I will not uh, shake hands with all the opponents and say, uh, "Watch out, because I have uh, diabetic." But I, it's important for me that my teammates also know uh, what what can happen, but. It never happened, but you know it's it's important that they that I have to, that I'm sure that they know uh, about it. Um, but otherwise, from uh, the diabetic, don't uh, I always say di- diabetic don't control my life. Um, I have to control the diabetic. Yeah. Well, and I think you brought up a really good point about honesty, and you know sometimes especially as athletes and competitors we want to try to tough it out or we want to try to act like it's not a big deal and i think a lot of times even myself like in in situations that even aren't high stress i'll try to focus through a low blood sugar or delay treating something um you know if it's not convenient and sometimes i have to stop myself and remind myself that you know i just need to take care of it and then then i'll be able to move on so for you, what are those situations where you're forced to be honest about how you feel and how does it help you? Um, for a game day, I'm always prepared. You know, I know what will happen. But I know from other diabetic, if you come in a situation which you didn't ex- expect, then we have the problem. 
And it's like um, it's like when the trainer didn't say uh, today we have uh, we 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 lose the game in the weekend and this Monday we will only run. And normally I I, I would think we we wouldn't run, but um, when you're not prepared for that, uh, the teammates have to know okay he is not prepared for it. So it can be uh, okay now we have to drink some more orange juice now we have to eat something more before he can before I can um, deliver the product that I want to deliver uh, in, in sport. Um, and that's the only, for me, it's like if, if, I'm not, if I can't control the situation, that's the problem. That's my biggest problem. Yeah. Well, and, you know, sometimes controlling what you can control is the only way to not only control your diabetes, but also just live your life, right? You can only, there is a certain amount of things that are in your control, and if you can plan for them, you're going to be better off. It, all, it just takes that extra discipline. It takes that extra mindset. I think that's why I would recommend people, you know, not even just people with diabetes, but all kinds of people playing sports uh, because there's only a certain amount of things that you can predict. And you either have to be prepared in your training or you have to be prepared in, you know, what you take with you or how you approach things. And I think you're you are better equipped to deal with, small obstacles uh if you have a background in sports do you feel that's the same way uh i think uh, the sport had driven me uh to who i am also yes um and i also um through this through the sport or through my life as uh, as professional um sportsman it also if we go back to diabetic it's it it had, it, it has helped me from the first day that I do a lot of sports. That uh, that I that I'm not. That, of course, I also have days where I'm only um, lying on the couch. Uh, I would I would lie if I <laughs> if I said I do sport uh, every single minute where I can. Uh, but uh, for me, sport um, is getting me through the day. As uh, also as a as a diabetic. If you know what I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I do. I think, you know, the, you know, when I think of the things that drive me through, I think, you know, the, that determination comes from inside and, and wanting to be normal and wanting to be healthy and wanting to enjoy my life. And I think my approach to diabetes sort of fits within that. It sounds like you're sort of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, um, you know, tell us living in, you know, living in Dusseldorf, which is not your home, uh, which is not your home country. Does that change the way that you have to treat your diabetes or any issues with healthcare or does your team help you with that? How does that work? Yeah, uh, that was also, uh, I think from my, from my uh, parents, uh, they was concerned about, uh, how will he now do it in another country, uh, with, uh, with other healthcare, with other, uh, with other rules. Um, but, uh, from the first day on, um, you know, I always say uh, diabetic is an individual uh, sickness. I don't want to call it sickness, but it's an individual, so you have to control it for yourself. Uh, of course, always the different doctors can say something else, but uh, so long you uh, you can control yourself, it's the best way. 
Um, and like when I when I went to Germany, I had the same um, insulin. I had the same um, blood sugar testing um, uh, device. Uh, and I kept this for for the last seven years also. Um, so I could get the same uh, insulin in the different countries where I was. I don't know if it, if if it's uh, because of it's um, in the U EU, um, but I didn't have any problems with it uh, at well, all. Well, that's good. No, and I think a, a lot of people I think are just uh, especially in the U.S. are just curious as to you know what diabetes treatments are available if they're traveling or if they're going backpacking in Europe and uh, they have to go to the hospital. They, they want some sort of, you know, at least assurance that everything's going to be okay. And I think what I hear most often is what we talked about earlier about always being prepared, but that if something, you know, were to happen and you're not in your home country, that usually there is a, um, you know, at least good and safe protocol to help you through whatever challenges you may run into. Yeah. Yeah. That's also, that's, like this and uh, now we have diabetic in the whole world and sometimes you only think in my city I, where I'm prepared of everything I I can only be but in uh, if you you can travel like if you're diabetic you can travel all over the world you don't have any uh, what was called in uh, English it's like uh, there yeah. are no boundaries yeah in, perfect for your diabetic uh, at this stage, I don't know how it was for 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Uh, maybe a different picture, but but today I have the feeling I can go where I want to. Well, and and you bring up an interesting point. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the last few I've interviewed a few type ones on the podcast recently that have been living with type one for 58 years, um, mm -hmm. and hearing about how interesting and exciting and wonderful their lives have been so far just gives me a lot of hope for people like you and me who have only been living with the disease for you know the last decade or a little bit more and you know we have amazing technology in front of us we have ability to travel we have ability to get treatment wherever we are in, in case of an emergency and you know, for people who didn't have those luxuries to still hear that they were doing awesome things really gives me a lot of hope. And Definitely. so, you know, I really agree with you. There are no boundaries. Uh, sometimes you do feel like the only diabetic in the world and that you can only stay in your one place. But, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and experiencing the world and seeing what else is out there is I couldn't recommend that more. Oh, oh. that's also I, I always said that. Um, and one more time, I would say it. It's it's. Um, you choose your own di diabetic way to live. Also, you, uh, I always, I always told people, um, like I'm not sad that I'm diabetic, uh, and uh, I would also not say I would never say I'm I'm happy. But I, I, over the years I became happy with being a diabetic because sometimes I, I always say don't um, don't let your um, it's directly uh, translated, but don't let your head uh, hang down. You always have to look up, and uh, you can be sad that you're diabetic now, but you can you you can be glad that it's not uh, it's not worse. You know, uh, being a diabetic is is for me, uh, and 
is no problem. Uh, but for for the other person, it can be the worst thing in his life. Uh, but you always have to look uh, positive, positive at it. And I think that brought me to who I am today, or it 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 put me. Um, to who I wanted to be because I always looked uh, positive uh, on being a diabetic. And um, sometimes I also say, uh, how can you be so negative when, you, when you're not a diabetic? <laughs> it's like, um, don't be negative. I, I, I'm the one who's sick. And uh, all this like uh, uh, small problems, what we have uh, in our everyday life, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing the the things that how the things we tell ourselves affect us, um, and yeah. how, how the way that we talk to or the way that we view situations can really hold us back. And I think, you know, the lately I've been trying to you know adopt the the practice of being purposeful about things that you do automatically, whether that's breathing or that's eating or that's walking and just taking notice that you're, that you're doing them and that you're in that moment that you're alive and that there's so many things going on just to get you from your front door to your car and to your office or wherever you're going. And you know, what an awesome treat that is because I think too many times we just drift through and we never really move with purpose. And uh, you know, you can find, a lot of, you know, that can cause a lot of unhappiness. Uh, and I think the biggest thing for me and, and that I would tell anybody living with, with diabetes is that, you know, you, you have so many things to be grateful for, that you're not alone, that you, you, know, you have this great community, that you have uh, amazing role models and people who have gone before you to look up to. And there will be tough days, but at the end of it, you know, you can just say, you know what, in spite of this, I still am great. I'm still awesome. And I still have a lot of things to look forward to. That's important. Yeah. Say I'm awesome. And, uh, don't say I'm sick. And, uh, I always tell like, uh, I do, um, for, uh, at the, at the, at the hospital here in Düsseldorf, I'm like a contact person for, for the, for the young people who got, uh, got, uh, diabetic. And uh, I gave them my number so they can always call me uh, if they have any problems or they have um, anything where they want to talk about. Uh, because my my doctor asked me if um, if I could do this, so they also could have a great experience with talking with one who um, uh, what can I say who is happy to be a diabetic. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Yeah. In, in that same vein, um, I always ask this question on my podcast, and I think for somebody who has traveled a lot, um, like yourself, it'll be, I'm really interested in your answer. So imagine that you are in an airport, and you're at your gate, and they're uh, about to close the door to your gate, and your flight's going to take off, and for whatever reason, you can't miss the flight. You need to be on board. But you bump into yeah. somebody who is either recently been diagnosed with type one or is struggling with their, their life with type one. What's the one thing that you tell them in that 30 seconds before you jump on the plane? Be happy. Be happy that you are still alive, that you are breathing, that, uh, that you, uh, that you can talk and that, uh, that you, 
that you are still here and that you have uh, such a uh, little thing like uh, called diabetic and it's uh, that it's not it's not uh, what can you call it um it's not like um uh, you will not die from this uh, how, how can you say it uh, you will live on and uh, diabetic is not so bad as uh, as many things it's not and yeah. i think Finding that perspective, you know, whether you're not uh, diabetic or not, I think choosing happiness is the best the best way to go, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Mikkel, I apologize for for mispronouncing your not only your last name but also your first name at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, fortunately, I think I hopefully I was able to make up for it. Um, if if anybody on our uh, and our listeners or in our social media wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to find you and connect with you online? Um, they I'm uh, like uh, online at all places. They can find me on Facebook. They can find me on Instagram. Um, Instagram, you can send me a direct message. Um, all over, and uh, it doesn't matter what at what time maybe in the middle of the night i will not answer but uh, i will answer so quick as possible and uh, i always said to myself because um i also met a lot of people uh, who didn't feel feel well with uh, their diabetic and uh, sadly to say that the friend to who who told me so lot about uh, being a diabetic, uh, live with their life as as diabetic. Uh, he is not at us anymore, and um, and he is uh, not uh, alive uh, at this time. Hmm. Um, um, so for me, it's one of the greatest things is to 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 tell all like he told me at that time um, to tell uh, how the life goes on, and uh, because. And talk uh, like for hours about how uh, psychological um, diabetes also can be, and I always say uh, that of course your um, your body is not um, working anymore like before, but the most important thing is to stay clear in your mind and um, and to to, uh, to accept your illness or your uh, yeah what you can call it yeah. Uh, so contact me anytime I will be there and um, I'm glad to help uh, all the people I can help with their diabetic well yeah. thank you thank you so much for reaching out and uh, for coming on and you know being such a great role model uh, for for people with type 1 and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, to what you continue to do uh, especially Playing, uh, playing sports and playing handball, I think your story is super inspiring, and I'm glad uh, I've got another reason to get into handball. So, um, of course. yeah, thanks of course. for that. The next time you're in Germany, uh, always come to Düsseldorf. Uh, you are invited. Well, thank you. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> of course. All right. 